The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, May 10th, 2018, Season 14, Episode number 7. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, we appreciate you guys taking some time with us today to talk some Cowboys football. How's everybody doing this morning? Great. Great? Mm-hmm. Doing great. Awesome. Thanks, Coming Derek. off a, uh, Good. a fun uh, golf outing yesterday. I don't know if you guys out there yeah. listening were able to check out the Click on the, the thumbnail, show. okay? It, we, we had a lot more fun. Than, than what it shows. Seriously, yeah, I've never seen look I don't, five I don't understand how that more happens. miserable looking but, people in my life. Well, Dave just looked time. like he was almost asleep. You know, Dave kind of already has kind of the lean back. That's sort kinda, of my vibe anyway. Yeah, that's, yeah. so it was it was natural yeah, for you. I was looking all mad. Yeah, Nick, but the rest of you yeah. guys, it I mean, if you like watch you the podcast, I mean, you know, a lot of we had a good time. <laughs> you know what? I still don't know, and I don't know it, what it, was in the glass. No, I know it was in the glass. I don't know if it it was on camera when Nick was dancing with his drink. Did did that get on camera? I think so. Okay, I um, kind of thought you I were didn't close to the camera. It was right behind you. Oh, okay. And he had his drink, and he was kind of doing the broadest at Rob's wedding kind of dance, <laughs> like you know, I got my drink. It was that kind of thing. But yep. I, I didn't know if it got on camera. <laughs> I think it did. It I did? didn't see that. Well, yeah. Go back that. and check it out. I want to say it was I, it was before I got on the air, so it was like yeah. roughly about the twenty minute mark. Maybe. I didn't realize that that camera was was we, were, <laughs> we went with the third camera. Yeah, obviously, it's all good. Yeah, it was a good day though. Cowboys uh, went out there, played a little golf with some sponsors. Uh, we were able to talk to a few guys on the show. It's a really nice uh, lineup that we had there with guys like Zach Martin, Dak Prescott, uh, Coach Garrett came by, Tyron Smith. When when you plan something for three to four weeks like that, it, it results show. <laughs> Yeah. Usually when you plan it overnight, that's even better. Hey, that worked so, out. It worked out well. Yeah, and we'll do a little bit more of that next year. But I wanted Some to hit a good few good recruiting going on as well. Because Jason Garrett did not want to be on there. That's true. And Amber, Amber did a great asked job him there. the fifth time and he said, All right, I'll do it. <laughs> Anything for you, Amber. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think he had a good time, right? Probably not. But how we doing, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think everybody had it. I like I think all the guys that came on the show. Seem to not be like they left with a good impression. I don't think Jason Garrett walked away like, man, you know what? I didn't want to do that, but that was pretty great. However, I, I bet however, he was like, he, he did bring food to us later in the afternoon. He did. He on did. his own, just walk through, it like, hey guys, I got some food. You guys want any food? Very. And then he came back a second time and said, hey, you sure you don't want more? That was pretty nice of him, right? Very ungarrett. So he did enjoy the interview. Have a cheesesteak. Yes, he enjoyed the interview. He enjoyed Thank being you, Amber. On the show. Where Thank was you, that? Amber. When was he being? You the were waiter? still out at the golf course it drinking was, and dancing. Yeah, it's yeah. true. We were was working, I? working. I don't know. Uh, maybe I was looking looking, <laughs> looking for a ride, for a ride back. That's probably what happened. <laughs> All right, let's jump in. Let's talk. Actually, today, uh, what I want to do with the bulk of our time um, is I want to. I've had a couple of people hit me up on uh, on Twitter uh, to ask, you know, if we if we have some grades for the draft. Um, and my, my retort is always it's dumb to grade a draft after the draft. It's more apt uh, to grade drafts years after it happens because that's when you know whether the picks were actually good picks or not. So what we're going to do today um, is we're going to go back. We're going to go back to 2014. We're going to go back to 2015 um, and maybe look a little bit at 2016. Uh, but I really want to focus on 14 and 15. And we're going to go across and talk about the different guys that were drafted. Um, and give our own, under, I guess, grade 
of what we think uh, the Cowboys did in those drafts. And it saying, doesn't have to be an ABC. I'm just saying kind of give us an assessment. It's too early for 16 or like you don't yeah, want to talk I about. I think it's a little bit early for 16. Arguably the I mean, best we can draft have that, class in history. Well we, well, we don't know that. That's the point. Like, Arguably. I think a lot of times you get to this point after a draft and you're like, that guy could be something. That guy could be. And then two yeah. years from that, you're like, yeah, he isn't here anymore. 2008 so, I think was it's too early. the best draft. Yes. After, in the first Wait, year. Eight? Like, 2008 was, I mean, yeah, Felix. Yeah. Felix rookie year. Mike Jenkins is going to be really good. Marty B. Seriously? Man. Skandrick in the fifth round. Yeah. Great draft. And then it was, yeah. Yeah. So fair. I, I think 16 might be a little early to give it a grade just yet. Looks I good, think though. We, yeah, it does look good. And we it's promising, I guess I would say. But I think the other two we really can kind of dive into and, and really assess how well they did in 2014. <laughs> and your first and fourth round pick, like basically cutting the rookie of the year award right down the middle. Like that's that's a good start. To- very good start. All right. But before we get there, I thought there were a couple news items from yesterday that I wanted to hit real quick. Um, first thing is Terrell McClain. Uh, he is going to be in the building today if he's not already he's in the already building. already here. Um, and he's visiting with the team. He's uh, potentially could come back, um, was here for a few years, played pretty well when healthy, uh, went to the Redskins for a year, and then the Redskins cut him. First, I guess, tell me what do you think from the standpoint of what he can bring to this team if the Cowboys were to sign him? Uh, where does he fit, and, and what does it give them that they may not have right now? We get our Friday dance parties back. That's what I want the most. That's, I mean, that's not. They didn't have him last year? No. I mean, Joe Looney tried a couple times, but it wasn't, wasn't the same. same. Yeah. Terrell McClain used to, like, break it down every Friday. At better than Byron Bell? Yes. It, way no. better than Byron no. Bell. No. Better than yes. Byron Bell. Yes. No. Better. No. Yes. Terrell McClain. You can't be better than Byron Terrell Bell. Terrell McClain can break dance. I don't care about whatever. You're just biased because you're in that dumb fraternity. Oh, cool. Sorry. Whoa, that was harsh. Whoa, whoa, that was whoa, too harsh. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. You got one coming later. Yeah, it's fine. Saying. <laughs> Terrell McLean, uh honestly, it's it's a good point that you bring up because I remember the first two years he was on this team, we were like, is this guy any good? Like, he couldn't get on the field. Um, but 20, I mean, you know, a lot of stuff went in line in 2016, and uh, and he was one of them. I mean, he was he was great. He, was, he started, he played all 16 games. He played the three. He played the one. He was disruptive. I think he had four sacks. Um he was a big part of that D-line, which, and, you know, the D-line around here hasn't been awesome over the last five, six years. So he was a bright spot on a unit that hasn't been amazing in recent memory. Um, and, and the like, the dance thing is important because it was, you know, team camaraderie. He was a big part of that special well, locker room that everybody talked well, about. Well, really what it is, it shows what Marinelli likes about him the most, which is his feet. He always says, he's like, he calls yeah. him the dancing bear. I mean, he, he can do that kind of stuff. And so I guess... To be a good dancer, you got to have the feet. But from a football standpoint, I think he uses it to his advantage. I think it's depth, though. I've never been a big fan of him, honestly. I just never see why he's make a bit. Well, we make a big deal out of it because I don't think he really has played that well. Uh, when he when he was even was out there, it was like okay, but didn't didn't play that well to me. But I think this is a David Irving move. This is like, hey, can we count on Irving? Can we count on him to play? Let's. Let's get a guy we know that we like that Rod knows how to use him, and let's let's put out there. But I don't think this is a difference maker. If he if he comes in, does he not become kind of your? Does he become immediately your one technique starter? And do you make make David Irving kind of a three solidly a three technique? I'm not trying to sell anybody that he's gonna. Yeah, I mean Nick has a point that I mean he's not in Dama Sue. No, but 
Um, but I think he's better than that because I think he is a one technique who can be disruptive. Right. I think Malik Collins had a great year because he got to play the three. Yeah. And then I always thought it was revisionist history last year when everybody was like, well, they like him at one. And I was like, no, they don't. They just don't have a better option at one. And that, and plus Especially after price went down. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, if he can start at the one and let Malik and David Irving both play three when they want to or need to, I love that. I think that would be great. Right. All right. Um, one other thing I wanted to hit real quick, Dave. You uh, had a tweet last night I thought was really interesting. Steven yesterday uh, had a quote, uh, and I don't have the quote on me, but it was a quote specific to Dak and what they expect from him this year. And he was talking a lot about, uh, and I'll, I actually I'll let you kind of lay out kind of what he was saying and what you took from it. Uh, what what did you hear from Steven yesterday on on Dak and 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 what they're expecting from him? Well, uh, Steven kind of pulled a nick. He implied some stuff a little bit there, <laughs> which I mean, and that's you know. It's it's wrong to say that those you know front office types and coaches never give you anything. Sometimes you just kind of have to read between the lines, which you know some. It was a question about you know how do you replace the leadership of Des and Witten, and then Stephen kind of went off on in a completely different direction about how the offense is going to look different, and basically you know he's like, well you know we're going to let Dak play quarterback this year and you know Dak loves to go through his progressions and read the play and throw the ball to the guy uh who's open as opposed to feeling pressure to get the ball in one specific place never said anybody's name but it was you, a name written all over if it. you got have, <laughs> probably two names written maybe over. yeah if, if you got a synapse in your brain you should be able to connect the dots there that he's talking I mean he's certainly talking about Dez and maybe to a degree he was even talking about Jason Witten um, and I think, you know, I've said it a million times. I hate the phrase Dak friendly. I, I just, it's one of those stupid sound bites that just nobody even knows what it means. They just throw it out there and it's fun to jabber about. But, uh, if you Dak friendly to me means a guy who's just going to get open and shut up and not complain about the production he gets, that's kind of, that's what I look at. Yeah. Um, and they've lined it up that that's what they're poised to do right now. And getting rid of certain elements of the offense will play a role in that. And the one thing I, that you mentioned right there, and I think somebody was mentioning this to me on, on Twitter. Well, why couldn't he just tell those voices to, to be quiet? I don't even know if this is that Steven was necessarily saying this is pointing the finger at Dez for being vocal that he wasn't getting the ball. If the offense was really predicated on, hey, we're going to really focus on trying to get Dez the ball because we feel like he can win this matchup, rather than, hey, we're just going to go through the progression on each play. You follow the progression order. When you find the open guy, you get the ball out, right? Th that could have been the case, too. We don't know that, but I'm just saying it's not always just about saying, I don't think it's as simple as just saying, well, Dez was complaining. Uh, I think it could also be other things that, that the offense may have dictated in scenarios yeah. that he was trying to get the ball. We know there were several games there early in the season when he was well, just trying to uh, – he was forcing it to You get. saw – and it's so useful having all or nothing to go back and look at because there's even a clip in there where Linehan's talking to Dak and he's like, remember, just because there's a guy on Dez doesn't necessarily right. mean he's covered. I right. mean, just little stuff like that. Well, I mean, Dez is the only guy that's really going to make a play on the ball. I mean, if nobody's open – Cole's not open. He's not making a play on the ball. Terrence isn't making a play. Witten's not really going to go make a play on the ball. So, I mean, who else are you going to throw it to? If you have to get the ball out, I mean, Dez is the one guy that's going to win a jump ball one-on-one -on -one battle. 
And he didn't do it all the time, but he does it. I mean, so this is the other guys have got to get open as well and help them. And we talk about Dak friendly or whatever. A guy that can go make a play for you is is would be friendly for any quarterback. And so he's going to have somebody who needs to do that more. Better. You know, this is my perspective as far as Des. He's such a vocal guy and so passionate that he's one of those guys that sometimes you just cater to him just to like. Okay, here you go. Here you fine, take it. But kind of like calm down a little bit. Mm -hmm. There are people like that that Mm -hmm. you just go with the flow, let him do his thing, just because you want them to calm down. (laughs) So, and talking back about all or nothing, you kind of get a sense of that too. Watching what it's inside, even with Dooley, the way the interaction, it's it was very weird. Like, Dooley wasn't the one in power type yep. of thing. It's like, Des kind of went over him, and it's like, okay, well, here comes Des. Let's, shh, okay, let's do whatever Des says type of thing. So, it'll be a good thing for Dak, definitely, in yep. the game and concentration and focus and figure out exactly what he needs to do without that kind of pressure. There's only going to be one player on this offense that, you know, you know, you go to halftime and you look at the stats and you're like, like why isn't this guy more involved? There's only one guy on this team that fits that description now, and it's Zeke. Uh, and and in the passing game, there's nobody nobody here has the skins on the wall to command that type of respect or attention. Witten or Des, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, shut up, Alan Hearns. Like, who, I mean, I mean, <laughs> not really. You know, Alan Hearns is actually a really nice guy, really nice but guy, like, yeah. Alan Hearns isn't just dictating what the game plan is. Neither yeah. neither is Cole Beasley, neither is Michael Gallup, neither is Dalton Schultz or Rico Gather. I mean, it's so, like I said, I think a Dak-friendly receiver. Rico or, or well, you? according to everybody else. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, a Dak-friendly receiver is a guy who's going to take what's given to him and not worry about it. That's Which is what they want at this point. It sounds yeah. like what they're looking for is... On this day, it might be Terrence's day. You're right. gonna you're gonna catch the bulk of the balls. On this day, it's gonna be Cole. On this day, it's gonna be Gallup. What on this, this offense whatever was it is. in 2016, right? Right. So. right. Exactly. That's exactly right. One other quick question before we move on to our draft analysis: um, Are you guys at all surprised that Dez is still out there and not on a team, and that there isn't more interest for a guy that I, I'll say for myself, I truly expected within a couple of weeks of him being released somebody was going to jump on that and say, we got the quarterback that can take advantage of his skill set. Yeah, I thought somebody would sign him by now. So I, I don't know the deal, what's going on. I, I know that the Ravens were interested. Yeah. Uh, it didn't sound like that's what he wanted from a contract standpoint, didn't want a two-year deal. That's just what the story said, but I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, I was surprised. I thought he'd maybe be on a team by now. I'm not gonna pitch it like I'm smarter than everybody. If like the day he was cut, I would have guessed that he would be signed by now for sure. But if you think about it, I mean, what did the Cowboys just say yesterday? They're like, "Well, we like our tight ends and we like our safeties. We're not ready for all that." Uh, and also keep in mind that up until recently, I think like yesterday, you couldn't sign free agents without it affecting your comp pick strategy. So that that thing combined with the fact that you know you just had your draft you everybody's high on you know they're like we like our guy like we got our guy michael gallup in the third round he was a second round ballot like that type of thing so you know teams kind of have rose-colored glasses at this time of year but let otas start let somebody get hurt or what i mean he'll be on a team by the time training camp rolls so you around. think before training camp because I'm, I'm starting to think at this point maybe it's one of those things where teams wait till they get to camp and then as soon as they have that first major injury then his phone starts ringing. But, you think well, so? That I, far? I, I'm wondering. Like, I think Dave's right. Like, after you get past that first first couple of weeks of him being a free agent, 
then I think teams kind of look at it like, well, nobody's really beating down his door, so we don't have to make a decision right now. So right. I think it's going to be have it's going to have to be something that spurs them to do it. I don't think they just do it to do it. And what may spur them to do it is you get that injury. Maybe it happens in OTAs or mini camps. Maybe it doesn't happen until training camp. Injuries, arrests, and right. and just the I mean, you go through twelve offseason practices and you're like, he's not that good. We don't. These guys aren't as good as we thought they were. So, yeah. how many teams do you think he'll be on the radar? I mean, do you think there's thirty one teams or thirty two? No, I think there's. I think there's honestly about four teams he's on the radar. I really don't. I don't. He's not coming back here. I don't, I don't think so yeah. either. But I, I think there's probably four teams where he's probably on their radar. Honestly, now of course. What could change it? Once again, you get some injuries to key receivers, and now he becomes, you know, let's say a, a team like Atlanta that would never be in the market right now with what they got. Let's say Julio goes down. Maybe they consider that, you know. So I think right now as it stands, I don't think there's a lot of people who have him on the radar, but I do think that yeah. that likely will change once you get to training camp. And at this point, it's probably a smarter idea for Des to wait because his, his options will open up more the more they have teams have a chance to evaluate their players see if anybody gets hurt, that kind of stuff, and, and then he goes in, saves the day, you know? Yeah, I'm, it happens every summer. Like, I, I, I would have guessed he'd be on a team by now, but I I bet he'll be on a team before teams before go to camp. training camp. Yeah. Wait right. too long. Yeah. I mean, he needs to get in there and learn the offense. Work out. All those things matter. Not only the workout stuff, but, I mean, get in there. I mean, this has been the same offense seven or eight years Good now point. and he had issues sometimes with moving around to different places so he needs to learn the offense yep so. all right so let's uh let's take our first break when we come back we're going to dive into draft recap and we're going to talk about first 2014 names like zach martin demarcus lawrence anthony hitchens and the whole host of the 2014 picks and tell you what we think of that draft we'll do that when we come right back this is dallascowboys.com radio it can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters you search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice-cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. <laughs> so stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back 
to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of draft. I want to go back a couple of years, and, and we're going to give draft grades at the time the draft grades really should be given. A few years after we've had a chance to see these guys play. Um, I want to start with 2014. And I think the best way to handle this is I'm going to go through the list, and I want you to tell me, each of you to tell me, if the player uh, was above, at, or below stand, uh, expectations. So based upon the expectations of where they were drafted, what you thought of where they were drafted, did they exceed that? Were they right where they should have been? Or were they below that? All right? Before we get started, I'll let you guys handle this because... This 2014, was, you were still I baby? Mean, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what their expectations were back then. Yeah. I know, I mean, the players they are now, but to be honest, this was my first draft that I was fully involved and knowledgeable of okay. all the players. So, so you'll sit back with me and we'll but, learn from yeah. these two. How but I, I'll say this, you can't have a complete cop-out here because you know what expectations are of a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a seventh-round pick. And so, you know, now <laughs> you, you know that they were okay, driving. Okay, let's go ahead. He actually has a great Dali. point there. Yeah. He actually has a really good point. I can just give you the number of the round and okay, you can let's kind do of... It. Let's go. Okay, all right, here we go. Let's... First-round pick, Zach Martin. Above, at, or below expectations? What's above, above? <laughs> Can you go three above? It's yes. One above. of the best picks of all time. One of the best picks in Cowboys history, especially For given reasons. the alternative. Exactly. That's it. Tell me the alternative. It was Johnny Manziel. And it was the owner who, who wanted him. And he really wanted Johnny Manziel. And he had to be talked out of. It was one of the turning points, I think, of Stephen Jones really taking over a little bit more of this. Not not completely, but just having a little bit more say, more control. Jerry, and, and you got to give Jerry credit too. It's hard for somebody like his age to say, oh, I'm going to step back and do things differently. He would have picked him 10 years ago. He wanted him that bad. It just they wanted Zach Martin and to pick a flashy quarterback and a guard who doesn't like to talk. Totally different. was one of the best picks of all time. He's one of the, those players that, I mean, he has everything you would want in a player. As far as how he plays, work ethic, the way he behaves off the field, doesn't really have issues. Just a great guy on and off the field. I right. tried to ask him yesterday about his new contract and <laughs> got about you the response you expected. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, it was think, weird I'm for thinking the about shedding the employer yeah. strikes back uh, mentality just like, let's and go. just say, let's, let's get after it. Yeah. All right, second pick that year at number 34 was defensive end Demarcus Lawrence. Above, at, or below? Above, but also you have to consider that you don't have a third round pick from that draft because of him too. So it's even more pricey. So um, for a second and third, essentially, is it above this at or below? This past season really I mean, you could debate about this if he hadn't just posted 14 and a half sacks. I mean, you know. Yeah. Although I will say won you a playoff game, won you one of two playoff games in recent memory. Um, he he had a very solid season in 2015 that kind of gets forgotten about because mm-hmm. people, Randy Gregory and Greg Hardy, just kind of torpedoed that pass rush. Um, played through injury like they lost. I mean, above. And he's a good locker room guy, good character mm-hmm. guy. Um, pro bowler last year. Kind of, I mean, like I said, he's been trending even higher later in his career, and you'd prefer to not have to put the tag on him. But definitely well worth that move to yeah. get him for sure. What round did you say? Second. I second. Second pick of number the second 34. round. Yeah, number 34. Yeah, Basically a first overall. rounder. Yeah. Give me another year. 
to make my my uh, full hold on analysis. I, yeah, I because, think he's. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's just reliability type of thing. You know, um, can you fully rely on him? We're starting to find out. And last year, obviously, was awesome and amazing. And he's an amazing player. But is he long term reliable? I don't know yet. Let me ask you. We this don't question. know if he's got a long term future here either, for in, that matter. In 2016, yeah, he was that. Is that the year he suspended? For the yes. first four games? Yeah, he, Did he miss any other games due to injury that year? No, and well, that's... Well, rookie I mean, year, he missed 13. No, I know that. I'm saying that no, but, year, though. I guess what I'm oh, trying to see not is... Not 13, huh? He missed like eight. He came back in November. Okay, he missed... He played seven games. Yeah, well, okay, yeah but I guess my point is, I'm trying to figure out the string. So if you're talking about reliability, it's, no. now, been, it's now been a year, a season plus Which is, well, 12 games that he's been reliable... Right, reliably, reliably there, and those four games at the beginning of that season were not about injury. That was to me kind of an aberration. That's I don't why think that's who yeah. he is. You know, I those guys go so far out of their way, and I, I'm all credit due to him. But they make sure to praise him. Like he could have gone on IR in 16, or at the very least sat out, and he didn't. And his numbers were down because of it. But he was there to be to right. play and start and be a part of that team. Well, I think I he's said, at. sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's at the expectations. I think okay. he is because if you when he they move up to trade him and that night that they're excited about getting this second round pick, a high second round, and they lost their third, and to say, hey, in four years he's going to average less than six sacks a year. He's at twenty three and a half. That he hasn't. I mean, he's not sitting there even at six a year. I think that yeah, that's a monster year, and there's reasons for it. But I, I think that he's he's at expectations. Where he in the season ranked? Was it in, in sacks? Was it third? In At the, the end NFL? of this season, yeah, yeah, you know. Was there anything second? He, Cal- I think Calais somebody Campbell beat him out. Yeah, I, I think because he was second. It was him, so, Chandler Jones, and Campbell. If yeah. you would have said the night of that draft, "Hey, this guy in four or five years, whatever it is, five years, yeah, he's going to lead, he's going to be second in the league in sacks." I would argue that that's probably a little bit above what you would expect from a second round pass rusher. Would you guys agree with that? But again. 30, but, 30, you're talking 34, not 50, and that's a difference. Yeah, but we also know. we also gave know, up pick 70, but, whatever. But we also there. know in most drafts, first-round grades end around 19, right, 18, too? 17. But right? if he was as, as great as he as they thought he would be before that, that year, this last year, they wouldn't have needed to draft Taco. They wouldn't need more depth there. So you're saying yeah. if you take the body of the work body of and it, not just that one year, good. if you take the body. And, and I think honestly. But I'm glad that we're going this way as opposed yes. to a great rookie year that's gone down. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, we're not hating on him. I just think this is. It's, yeah. it's at, at is probably yeah. fair. At maybe a little bit above, little bit especially above. because of the strength. I mean, how good last season was. Yeah. I mean, right. it was phenomenal. Highest sack total since Steeware was on the team. Right. So Okay. Uh, next one is fourth round pick at 119 was linebacker, linebacker Anthony Hitchens. Way, above, way, at, or below? Way above. above. For fourth round pick. Fourth round pick I that win. Criticized. That pick nobody, criticized. nobody liked that pick when it was made. And I mean, even the you know me and Brian like who cover the like we were like I guess I know who this guy is. Whatever. Uh, Telvin Smith was still on the board, which Telvin Smith has had a better career than Anthony Hitchens. Yeah. That's another conversation. But good. pick one nineteen to be a four year starter, never missed due to injury until his final year. Jumped right in as a rookie, played all three spots. I mean, I don't know what else you want from a fourth-round pick. Really yeah. pick. Now, I will say this, and I was talking to Brian about this yesterday. He said in, in the scouting world, typically, if you have a draft where you get three players, and what I mean are three guys that are contributing contributing to your team in a significant way, offense or defense, in that in the, their first contract, then you feel like that's a hit. 
That's really funny that you say that because look at the rest of this draft. Yes, I, yeah. that's why I brought it up because <laughs> I want to I want to make sure we put this in context. Now, when you start talking about the grade of the draft, you're going to have misses. It's a part of having fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. Is that most of them are not going to make it? The statistics across the league say most of them are not going to make it. It's a bonus when you find one that does. You've got five Pro Bowls in your first three picks in four years. Yes, right. So that's if Zach was the only guy from this draft that was still on the team, it would still be an A, in because my because of how good he is. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the best guard in football. Yeah, um, and but but he's not because you have your best pass rusher too. So I mean, and then you know Hitchens obviously moved on, but again, like that's what the draft is. And you got years of good production. Yeah, from him. like you're not going to keep every player, but if you can get good production from them during the time that they're under contract, that's still a win. Yeah, right. Devin Street, Devin meh. Street. Ben Gardner never made the team. Oh, sorry. No, no. And I I think it's right. (laughs) Devin Street, Ben Gardner, Will Smith, the linebacker, team. uh, Ahmad Dixon, defensive back. Ken Bishop was a defensive tackle. Was your guy? uh, Who played a little bit? Ken Bishop, right? He was a bit player for like a year or two. Yeah. And then you got Terrence Mitchell, the the defensive back. Good. Great pick pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Turned into a pretty decent Ken Bishop player. I forgot about Bebop and Rocksteady. Hey, when he. (laughs) How are you? Hey, you know who he was? He's a guy that rocked that um, this is how we do it when we did the media day uh-huh. and Montel Jordan came out. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah. Anyways. Um, we just couldn't we use just the music. Use the music. <laughs> Kid Bishop was rocking it. Yeah. Um, one day we may actually show you guys that video. It's one of the better video videos we've ever done. We just never could release it. Oh, well. It was disappointing that Devin Street didn't do more. I think he finished with one touchdown. Um but then, I mean, you're talking about seventh round picks, um, and he didn't do anything anywhere else either. That's no, always a good. No. Well, I shouldn't say good, but that's that's it something that kind of validates kind of like just the player wasn't letting us. letting yeah. Terrence Williams go or Terrence Mitchell go and have yeah. him become a decent starter for another team. Right, and then yeah. you're like, yeah, maybe we screwed that one up. Maybe we just didn't uh, have the right. Ahmad Ahmad Dixon made the team and got cut the next day. Ken Bishop kicked around for like at least a year. Ahmad yeah. Dixon, man, I just remember that night they he went. Terrence Williams. The story is that they went to Waco. They, they made the team on Saturday. Yeah, because Baylor was Baylor. opening its season like that night or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Baylor played a game. He went down there with Terrence, and they were like, we got to get back 8 a.m. Sunday morning. got to get back. And Terrence got back. And Ahmad was like, I'll, I'll, I'll get a ride. I'll, I'll catch get up. up there. And he didn't. And that was the last straw, and that was his rookie year. And so he How was How do you cut. do that your rookie year? As a seventh-round pick who Jeez. made the team. And he he, he just sleep at the preseason facility, games like, were he was just a headhunter. He would have yeah. lost so much money though yep. because he was going to get fined. He didn't know how to play any other way. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about 2015. So I guess just to wrap that one up, if you look at the 2015 draft, let's do it just for the heck of it. Let's give it a grade. Let's go around the table. Amber. A. A. Okay. A plus. Okay. A, because uh, you've got your. One of your your top two defensive players on the team, and your I don't know if you, it's hard to say Zach Martin's one of your top offensive players, but he's the most consistent. If you look at if you how look is that at hard what, to say? No, really, well, because yeah, you got you, you got Tyron, I mean you've got and you've got uh, Zeke and all this stuff right now in terms of production availability. Yeah, everything. Yeah. I mean, I think he's. He's probably the best player on this team. Yeah, I mean, we had that argument. Most. We yes. had that argument about Zeke and Tyron last year. Yeah. I mean, he's been an All Pro every year, first or second team All Pro, not Pro Bowl, All Pro. Yeah. That's 
Yeah. That's huge. Like that's and then, that's to, ha- other and then to have one of the top pass rushers in the league, that's great. Now Hitchens is on another team, but but you, you got the years got of production, right? Very great I use out of I think him. That's a, yeah. That was a good draft. Okay, very good. Great. Let's move on to really 2015. Mm. Um, let's start first with the first round pick this at number 27. Yes, cornerback Byron Jones at above or below expectations. Below. Below. Below expectations. But not as drastically below as the hive mind wants you to think. Like it's, I mean. It's been a disappointing run for him to this point. He's got two picks. He's had to move positions, but he's been available. He's played. He's made contributions. Again, you're talking about D-Law is a second-round girl. Well, this dude was only picked five spots or six spots in front of D-Law. So I just I, I'm not letting him off the hook. He's below what you would expect from the 27th overall pick, but he is not this, like, Mo Claiborne style, horrifically no good, terrible bust, in my opinion. And that's because of placement, right? More so. Play, well, placement plus... Because Mo, you have to go up and get him at six. Not right? only that, but he's never missed a game. He He's great at covering tight ends. He can play. He's played in the slot. He's played dime. He's played safety. He's played corner. Like he can, He's done a lot of different stuff for you. So I have, a, I have a hard time just saying he's terrible. He's clear. I mean, he hasn't been benched. He's played every game of his career. He's, again, a, like a good locker room dude. He's never given you cause for... Concern off the field. Yeah. Who you Nick? Well, I I have a column idea that I was I've been thinking of, and I don't know if I want to throw it out here, but yeah, let's go ahead and write it right here on the air. It, I'm basically comparing him, possibly comparing him to Flozell Adams. Here's why: hmm. Flozell Adams played four years. He was a 37th overall pick, not far from where this is, uh, where Byron was picked. Uh, moved positions a little bit. Was guard. It, 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 Knew he was going to be a tackle, moved him to guard. Uh, it was not very good. After four years, it was like, ah, okay. Parcells shows up 2003, says, well, what's your top priority? He's like, well, my pro- top priority is to sign Flozell Adams. And everyone was like, what? He's like, yeah, it's premier left tackle. You can't, they don't grow on trees. You can find them. Like, wow, okay. And he was really, and, and he was right, obviously. After that, kind of gave them the confidence. Flozell went five Pro Bowls uh, the next six years. The only year he didn't is because he got hurt. I mean, he was a premier left tackle. One of the best in franchise history. And I wonder if Chris Richard came in and said, oh, okay, well, let's let us let you know Byron go. Why didn't you write this? Go upstairs and write this. Yeah, right yeah. now, get off and the air. And say, oh, okay, this fifth-year option. <laughs> and all of a sudden, no, 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 no. No, we need this guy. That's the kind of corner I like. How many small corners did you see from Seattle? Yeah. Not really. You saw big, bulky corners, long arms. He's like, move him to corner. This is a guy. And maybe this He's is got exactly that athleticism what he needs. to do what he wants him to do. So, yeah. We'll see. You know, but I mean, Chris Richard knows what he's doing. He looked at him, and I've seen it before where a guy everybody was kind of down on could totally change things around. So I'm wondering about that. That's really that's great. That's a great point. And it not is. On, um Byron is one of the smartest dudes on this team. Uh he's a good guy. He's um, he's the most absurdly athletic person I've ever met. Like his career is going to last as long as he wants it to. Like he could be, be playing up to toward forty, like Terrence Newman, as far as I'm concerned. So, I have a hard time closing the book on his viability heading into year four. Yeah, I'm very excited. That's one of the guys I'm very excited to watch at training camp this year because I want to see uh, if given. Be careful though, because he he was lights out at training camp last year. Yeah. I mean, no, he was amazing. The only thing the only thing I want to see though is I want to see how he adapts. To playing if them them saying you are going to be a cornerback how does he adapt to that and i want to see how does that affect those other younger guys like 
are they how do they work are they going to try to work them all in or is it going to be byron's going to solidify one of these spots which means one of those other two guys will not be starting maybe one gets pushed back to safety who knows all i'm saying is i think that's going to be one of the more intriguing things to follow this year at training camp is how byron adjusts and how that affects all the other younger guys uh, that are on this roster at cornerback you know that's something i don't get like how do you get a player doing super good at training camp and then it just kind of disappears throughout the season without the presence of an injury, you know, affecting the way he plays. Because because he goes up and he shuts down Alan Hearns and everyone thinks this is really great. And all of a sudden, Larry Fitzgerald's on the other side. And it's like, wait a second. like A little different. We don't have that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one way that happens. We've all been burned by it. Mo Claiborne, you're right. Mo Claiborne well, a couple years ago. It's no different than if, you're, if you play somebody the same, the same person every day, no matter how good they are, you're going to get good enough to cover them, right? Like so it's like division, playing, playing why the yeah, teams in the division play so well. Exactly. Like if I'm playing my brother when I was a kid, my brother might be able to kick everybody in the neighborhood, but whatever. Yeah, but if sense. I'm playing him every day, even though he's older, I'm going to get better at playing him because I know what he likes to do and I'm going to be able to stop that. So guy can look really good There's in training camp and then he gets to other teams. And, and oh, we had Olympics. I like, believe we, that. We no. went all in. <laughs> Sounds exhausting. All in. Dave, that's not your thing. No. <laughs> You're like, I'm so out on that. No. All right. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about the second round pick at number 60, Randy Gregory. Oh, Obviously. Below. <laughs> below. Yeah, I mean, this, hey. Who's the next one? Nobody, nobody loves, nobody loves Will McClay more than I do. I think he's one of the best things that's happened to this franchise. But I mean, this, spoiler alert, this is not a great draft. <laughs> yeah. Mean, it's just not. Because following Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory. The third round. Chaz Green. Number 91 is Chaz Green. So you got, I mean, Randy Gregory, who has played in like nine career games with one sack. Chaz yep. Green, who I believe the line of logic on him when he was picked was that he would be the heir apparent to Doug Free. Uh, he missed his rookie year with an injury. He played in two games in 2016, and then last year we know what happened. He's the only, uh, you know, the quarterbacks have records. He, he's got, he's 0-1. He has an L on his name. Well, to his defense, no. it wasn't because of the way he played. What? I'm talking about Randy Gregory. Oh, I was talking about Chaz Green. Oh, I thought he went yeah. back to Randy. Oh, I mean, we can go back to no, Randy I, if you I want to. Just, sorry. But they, it, I, I, talk, I talk crap about Randy Gregory all the time. I mean, not really crap, but because of you know the excitement people have bringing him back in. But again, to his defense, what I was saying, it wasn't necessarily an issue of him being a bad player on the field. No. Who wrote the story yesterday? You? Yeah. Well, let's talk about But what... that's but he he didn't fall in the draft because he was a bad player, right? Yeah. Wait, uh yeah, I mean Wait, his name came up in the press conference. Yeah, I don't know if there's any well, news to it. There but... there there's not really. It's I mean Gregory's gaining steam in his attempt to apply for reinstatement. I know, you know, a lot of people in and around the organization are going to bat for him, Tyrone Crawford, Sean Lee, um he has not applied yet, and ba I mean, the Cowboys did not offer a lot of clarity about that process. It sounds like Stephen Jones said, we're just bystanders until further notice. Um, so that's between Randy and the league, and I don't really know a whole lot other than that. I I mean, it sounds like he's got a good shot at it whenever it actually happens. We'll, you know, we'll see if he's at training camp. That's pretty much – but, I mean, I'm, I made my thoughts on it pretty clear yesterday. I mean, if he can get back – you don't have a whole lot to lose That's by to giving lose. him a chance. So, but you'd be making an awfully big mistake if you're like counting if on it counting as a on key to your success. Right. 
I would have said zero percent chance, but you know, it's a, a, still kind of small percent chance. But I, I like what we saw out of Cleveland. Josh Gordon was able to do it. He was able to play. Sure. I never thought that would happen, and and he played pretty well. Now he he's a freak, but you know what? So Randy Gregory can be kind of considered was, that too. Wasn't he? Wasn't he? Better before that than Randy Gregory well, yeah. was. Josh Gordon like led the league, and that's my point. Like, so sure. I, I think it, and and I think yesterday that was the point of the question that I asked you guys when I said, "Are there?" And I know Rob came back and said Dwight Freeney, but yeah, Dwight Freeney's going to the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't think we've seen yet Randy Gregory. Before that, he hadn't developed yet to where you even said he's a good player now. Like, so now him coming back after being out, that's the part where. I just have very low expectations hey, of what throw, I think. That's fine. Throw him in on that mix of preseason games. He was he was destroying second and third team tackles, yeah. getting all these sacks, and then didn't get one the rest of the season. So well, he did get hurt in the season opener. Okay, but I, I'm just, I mean okay. The I other ten games. I feel like well, he didn't. He missed like at the month and a half after he, he that. Actually, he did well with uh, some pressures. He wasn't bad. Guys, guys like that. Guys that big who can bend like that don't grow on trees. That's all I know, and that's why he's going to get another shot at this yeah. if they reinstate. I mean, that's and should. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody's saying it's that they should. He needs to put on weight. I'm just going to keep the joke there. I mean, he does. He needs to put on some weight. Well, I haven't seen the guy since December of 2016. I know. Just so as a player, he needed to to add bulk yeah, to yeah, the frame, yeah. and there's probably a reason why he couldn't. I don't know. It's I don't Jerry Jerry Jones had a great quote about it a month or two ago where he was like you know he needs to do this this and this and get better as a player and yada 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 and he was like but he's a hell of a football player and like that's where this whole conversation goes back to right. so anyway all right let's take our final break we'll come back we'll finish up the 2015 draft we'll also take some questions from you guys if you want to hit us up hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break we'll take questions uh, during that final segment we'll be right back this is DallasCowboys.com radio Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it and your skincare should be no different a longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys Dallas based Jack Black is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look smell and feel better visit getjackblack.com slash cowboys to get ten dollars off your first order of fifty dollars or more jack black look good smell good feel good official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys star sports tours is the only official fan travel partner of the dallas cowboys offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players alumni and cheerleaders that's not all though you'll get to talk x's and o's with senior director of player personnel will mcclay and of course with yours truly me brian Broadus. you can trust the official fan travel partner of the dallas cowboys and with us you'll travel like a pro visit cowboystravel.com to book your travel package today Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com slash cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? 
It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Welcome back to the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star Dave. I'm sorry, oh. Nick. Wow, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Talk about some underwear. All right. You know, when we go on the road for road trips, they give us our hotel keys, and they have different messages sometimes, like cowboy-themed on it. Sometimes they say, like, win or focus or squeeze the rock, which could mean something else. But the, protect the ball is one that we get. And nobody really does that better in underwear than Tommy John. Tommy John is the official ball carrier of the Dallas Cowboys Doesn't when it comes just to underwear. One. So Tommy <laughs> John two. depends on who you are. Tommy John, <laughs> no adjustments needed. You shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Protect the ball. I like so. that. I don't think I ever got that on one of my room keys though. Did you? Protect the ball? Yeah. No. Just whatever yeah. those messages are, we get all the time. That's... Get fight. I just yeah. like it when it says "Be like, relentless." Good night's sleep or whatever. You know, like, <laughs> like, like the ball doesn't really mean much for you. I'm not. I'm not playing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's uh, jump back into this. Right. We're talking about Tommy John is, and Tommy John always sure. protects the ball. Sure. We got it, Nick. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it. Good. Twelve and a half. Wasn't twelve. That was. That was up there. That was like a nine. He told me to. Go. Nine point three. All right. All right. Nine point three. We really ought to start doing that. We should. Start if you rating want a twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Hand it over here. It's true. Yeah, that is a good Hey, point. they did come out with some female underwear. They did. They, they did. Apparently, did. I haven't received any, but I want to know what all the fuss is about. Well, we'll just, get you some. Just wait, because if that's the case, I, somebody on this team will figure out a way to get some to everybody. <laughs> so I would imagine we're on it. We'll make a phone call, see what we can do. How about that? Sounds all right. good. All right, let's jump back in. Let's talk about 2015. Uh, the 2015 draft, we've talked about Byron Jones, Randy Gregory, and Chaz Green. All three of you guys said perform below expectations. Let's move to the fourth-round pick at 127. The Cowboys select Damian Wilson. Above, below, or at expectations? This is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Is is he below because he really hasn't been that good? Or is he below because he was drafted in the same spot a year later from the same conference at the same position as Anthony Hitchens? Who, who was above. We all agreed vastly exceeded his expectations. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's okay. He's been a he's been a spot starter and a contributor all four years. He play or all three years to this point. Um, he he's big on special teams. Like I said, he's he's started at Sam. He's played pretty well there at times. He's filled in in a couple other spots. Never been good enough to earn more of a role. And by this point in his career, if he was going to, he I feel like he would have made that leap. Uh, the thing with the arrest last summer, kind of eh, not great. So I just I, I've said this a while ago, and nothing has changed. I mean, those top the top three moments or that you think of anything relating to Damian Wilson are all negative. You know, he had the paintball incident before. He had parking lot incident, which was a lot more than that. 
gave up a game-winning touchdown, you know, to a running back out of the backfield of the Saints. I mean, he hasn't had when he, the difference-making things have not been a good thing for him. So no, that's I I I was laying all that out there for the sake of playing devil's advocate. I it's still probably fair to say below. Yeah, but it's like a little bit more production. When when he was drafted, I think the expectation was at the very least. If and when Hitchens was no longer here, he would step right in. Instead, right. the Cowboys spent a first-round pick on Leighton Vanderesh. To me, second around the year before. Yeah, to me, those are the things that suggest to me that the Cowboys see him as yeah. not living up to what their 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 greatest expectation for him would have been. Now, of course, fourth-round picks are fourth-round picks. Some of them pan out, some of them don't. But I think that coming and, off of Hitchens, it makes right. it even more apparent it's, that he just wasn't that guy. It's more of a contrast, but I mean. You need you need players that are gonna like you know he he's new Kyle Wilbur as far as I'm concerned like he he can start if you need him to he can play he can do stuff on special teams, um and that doesn't make him a bad pick because he's still on the team and contributing right. he's just not he's not Anthony Hitchens that's that's sure. so it's, so at that point do you think it's at do you think do you think a fair assessment for him no. is that he's at expectations for a fourth round pick I think he's below expectations I think it's because still probably below. they they draft like you said that they drafted Van Der Esch they they signed Joe Thomas in the offseason he's been more productive than than um I mean they went back to get Durant last Wilson, year Wilson they like, went they've gone you're right they've you're gone you're not to gonna get put you, you don't want to put super Huffington. high expectations on your fourth round pick but that's still a guy that you're hoping can develop into yeah. a starter yeah. okay I'd say below you're, right. you're trying to find somebody that's not <laughs> below well, it's it's kind of tough these next three will lump them together defensive end Ryan Russell linebacker Mark Nzacha offensive tackle Lawrence Gibson I take a little bit of offense to that Okay. Because Lawrence Gibson never played a game for this team, and Ryan Russell was cut like one week into his rookie season, I think, wasn't he? So that's, was it that quick? So no, he was on the practice squad for his rookie year. Wasn't oh, is that he? Yeah, okay? So he, he, he played. He bit. played one career game here. That's all I know. And he's, but that's below expectations, right? Well, well no. The reason I take exception is because Mark Nazacha was better than that. As a, oh, lumping as a seventh round pick. As a seventh round pick who was a red shirt because he had torn his ACL and was basically a wash for his rookie year. Yeah. He came back, was on the team in 16, played a role on special teams, made the team, um, made some plays, and they brought him back again until they eventually cut him the year after that. I mean, that's... That's so for so for him, you think it was above expectations for, for a seventh, seventh round, pick? round pick? I'd call that above expectations, considering Lawrence Gibson did yeah. not even make the team. I mean, seventh round picks don't make the team. All and the really, time. that's at expectations. Seventh yeah. round pick is a flyer. You're just yeah. bringing a guy, and you're going to see what he's got, especially player. a hurt player. Yeah. I I put Mark above, and okay. and they tried to put him on their practice squad this year, and he was poached. So it's not even like they wanted to get rid of him. Yeah. So so Ryan Russell, where do you put him? Below or at expectations? Below. Below, oh, yeah, that's a fifth round pick. That that was a guy that they liked probably at uh, Dallas Day, mm -hmm. and you know he probably was never as good as he should have been taken that high. Okay, and now the highlight of this draft, yeah, Jeff the, Swain. That when the best pick of your draft is the last one, that's <laughs> not great. And he hasn't really been good. He he yeah. he's he's been good we're, enough to make the we're team. Picking, we're pulling it strong. I know, but I'm I, just saying. I, I take some has exception. Not, to that. He has not <laughs> been good, and you don't have to raise that high. He hasn't been that good. He For has. He was pick two thirty yes, something. Like, okay. That sounds good, but he's not a difference maker. He had, but a seventh round pick is not typically going to be a difference maker. I'm going right? to give him the arrow up. Okay, Expectations, good. yes. I thought he was drafted because he was a friend of Stephen Jones's daughter or whatever. I thought that was the connection or whatever. No, he was drafted because he played at a stellar school. You that's didn't even why. know who he was. I and did he not a, know who he was, but that's beside the Dane point. Dane Brugler didn't know who he was. <laughs> who are you? you right. Lot. I mean, 
But Texas didn't use him. He, they they okay. didn't use him at all. Has he has he been better yes. than you thought? Yes, because I didn't think he'd even make the team. Yeah. But has he been good? Nobody's no. played a role. He's played a role, and that's right. the thing. If you I'm get not, a seventh I'm, rounder that can play a role. Okay. Then to me, that's, I won't, I that's won't. a win. No tight end is going to be allowed to be good with with Witten well, here. Well, then, so how come so you're calling see. him bad? I didn't call him bad. You said he hasn't been good. That's not bad. He's a good football player. <laughs> that is not bad. <laughs> what if is he it hasn't then? been good, it's not bad. That means we, what? He what pick, where is he? He was picked 230-something. He made the team on a team where the tight end never comes off the field. I, I remember vividly he converted a fourth down in Washington when this team was 0-1 in 2016. Right. He's a big part of Dak's play action and waggle stuff in 2016 until oh, he oh. got hurt. Until he got <laughs> hurt. No, you can't have big part of it. I mean, can't, can you pull up his stats? I'll pull up his damn stats. He, he was he was a part of it. Let's he was just, not let's a settle big on part that. of He was that. a part. Like he had a part to play. He had like, a role to no, play. I think there is a difference. Ass haters right now. <laughs> I think I'm there's a big difference it. of wait. Why why does it have to be one or the other? I mean, why does it have to be black or white here? Why if, he, if he's not good, does it mean he's bad? No. Okay. On he's a team that's gray. Like, he's yeah. been he's been on a team where Jason Witten plays 97 percent of the snaps. He started six games and caught six passes for 70 yards in in nine 100%. weeks. In nine weeks. What's that? Did you say he was targeted six times and caught six passes? No, he was target he was targeted eight times and caught six passes gotcha, for okay. seventy yards. Nine six starts, nine games, got hurt in Pittsburgh and couldn't finish the season. It's so not, a catch per start. <laughs> I mean uh, I'm you, not hating on the guy. As I'm the just third saying, tight end on yeah, the team. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, okay. I don't think that's bad. something. I think on yeah. this team with who you had at tight end. I didn't end, say it was I, bad either. Remember, I'm not <laughs> saying it's bad. I'm I just don't know. Not, it sounds like you're saying it's bad. No, this, like, this goes I see back. Derek drawing little arrows it, up and down. He gets an in up Damian arrow. Wilson's name and Geoff Swain. For me, I would just draw a flat arrow, like it's, a flat horizontal line. This goes back. That's expectations. It. It's not his fault. Okay? At expectation, eh, it's like okay, like K. Okay. He, he no. This he gets yeah. like he gets an arrow for me. He gets an arrow. I didn't think he'd make the team. I didn't think he'd be here in three years. He has. He gets an arrow. But I'm just saying, let's just call it what it is. It hasn't been good yet. It okay. might be. He's gonna get a chance now. Yeah. Again, again. I'm the, not saying it's bad. The I'm guy, just not who, been good. the seventh round pick drafted before him, never. Met, he didn't get a jersey. Was he Cooper Rush good last year? Was he good? Yeah, he was good in the season and the games and all that. That's not good. good. How many backup quarterbacks get to play in a game because when it's not because of an injury? Like, the, di- this is an argument we've had good. like a dozen times on this show. <laughs> Nick doesn't grade on a curve, and I do. Mm-hmm. Nick Nick is just like, are you good or are you not good? And I'm like, you were picked 10 spots away from the end of the draft and you're still here contributing What's four years test? later? What's the test? Is the test is get in the league, go come from Central Michigan and get in the league and make the team. If that's the test, he gets an A+. If the test is now, we've got a different test. The test is how you play on the field. He gets an incomplete because he didn't get to play. That's not his fault. The test is where were you ta- – <laughs> like where did they find you and what did you do? That's like Tony Romo gets a better grade – then quarterbacks that are taken one overall, in my opinion, again because of where it all, how it started. Well, he didn't over his course of his career. He didn't. He didn't get. But that when early. when you're evaluating it in terms of a draft, I'm not saying Tony right. Romo had a better career than Troy Aikman. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying I, okay. I think we're all saying the same thing. I, I think who would have so. thought that yeah. Swain would spark such a well when you look at his draft class. He kind of, but that's what I'm saying. Like I in this draft I class, you're looking for, for some... Swain slander. That's pretty much. I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'm gonna get the you know. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get the Jeff Swain's parents or whatever. But what I'm saying is, is that at this point. It hasn't been 
good. It hasn't really been productive, but he's made the team, and he's and now he's got a chance to really be good because he's got an option. But That's all I'm saying. I do. I, th- I do think I agree with Dave from the standpoint. I think it's above expectations because. I didn't expect him to be able to come in, and I do think he has a role on this team. Now, that doesn't mean that he plays Jason's role. He doesn't play Jason Witten's role, but he's played his role, and I think his role has been you're going to be that second tight end, you're going to block some, okay. you're going to go out and catch a few passes. Like, that's been his role, and, and I again, think he's done it decently I, okay. effectively. But if, if, you're, if your child comes in home and you, for whatever the reason, you expected them to really fail the test. You expect them to fail because they didn't study or this is not their subject or whatever it is, and they got a 67 or whatever. That's not good, but that's better than you thought it was. It's still not good. We're going to get to good. We're going to keep working to get to good, but this isn't See, I'm the opposite. I, but don't I, you expect, I don't agree with that. Don't you expect don't that, that everyone you draft Why? to be to do but, their role? Don't you expect that? Not necessarily, because obviously... I Mar- mean, that should be the expectation. Lawrence- if you're drafting someone, anyone, that should be your expectation, that they're Again, able to do... Let's let's compromise Let's compromise and acknowledge that these are two different conversations. They really are. In this frame of, like, what are you doing for the Cowboys, that's completely different right. than looking at the 2015 draft class. Again, like 90% of seventh-round picks never make the team. Right, right. And again, you go back to... To actually get on and have a role, you go that's, back a, to, that's, a, okay. that's an achievement. You go right. back to the draft they and just had. I married had. the two. <laughs> I married the two. What I said was, it's just to put a, a capper on how bad that was, your your best draft pick of that of that group is Jeff Swain. That is yeah. your best draft pick. I think Byron is... Byron was Byron's still better, still better but... But Byron is playing more. But I think, but I think, but the, the how, things that, the how things is that, that not a better pick? Thing, because he's that, getting the arrow to the, say the things that Byron has done. He hasn't been great at safety, but as Dave was saying earlier, he's shown us something when it okay. comes to covering tight ends. Okay. Like he's done some things really it. well. Who has exceeded expectations the most? Jeff Swain. Okay, Jeff Swain, yeah. so the guy that's exceeded the expectations the most is still not somebody that's contributing, hasn't contributed much at all. That just goes to show how bad the draft was. That's all I'm trying to say. It was. He's going to okay. be better. You he's going to get the it. chance. You said he's not good. <laughs> he hasn't been good. Six catches for seven yards is good. There's nothing to move on to. We're done. We I mean, are done. I, I thought they did some good things. <laughs> but did they do bad things? It was. A, this is an atrocious draft. I mean, it's just yeah, not it was bad. It's, it's not good. But I like Jeff Swain, too. Like... Remember the other day when you were Make saying... Make up your mind. If I, I told like you... Him. Come on. I think, I think Jarwin's going to start. If I... Maybe. Oh, well, yeah. I, don't, that wouldn't I wouldn't surprise, be surprised that. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if any one of those guys starts. I really wouldn't. If yeah. I told you Connor Williams was the pick at 19 two weeks ago, how'd you feel about it? That's pretty good. If I tell you Connor Williams is the pick at 50, how do you yeah, feel about great. it? There we go. Yeah, and great. when you're talking about well, a guy who was picked at 230, he's still doing stuff. Right. What a third Great. What if I told you Connor Williams was the pick at 50, but you could have had Earl Thomas? Still okay with that? Yeah. I am too, actually. Yeah. With that, with that scenario. Yeah, with that um, scenario. Now, now if you would have gotten the safety that that was maybe on the on the board and you tell me I could have gotten Earl Thomas or the safety, then I'd take Earl Thomas, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't think that, that. I, but Where did Connor that Williams, go? that was a win. Justin Reed? Yeah. Oh crap. I want to say third, third round? Houston. He went to Houston. Um, like end of the second, beginning. Oh, of the later third. than that pick. Yeah. Later yeah. than that round. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. yeah. I think Nick. Somebody's paying Nick to just mention Earl Thomas once per show. I feel like I know. But he, he's going to keep doing it until we get written up for tampering or something. I don't it's know. Fine. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Break. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?